بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد I think one of the ways to look at how to become stable in this life is to actually see how what kind of acts a person can do that stabilizes their life a lot of the time when a person has stability in their life it's because of excesses if you're doing excessively something or the other it's eventually going to affect you so for a while if you're doing something when i say excessive i mean excessive here means anything that a person is not able to deal with either from a natural perspective or a person is not uh, a person doesn't have the the heart to be able to deal with that issue so it's being forced so there's two things one is a person is doing something unnatural or a person is doing something that is too much of a burden on the heart and the nafs so there's two ways of looking at this now this can also this also refers to doing too much sin which is a unnatural thing humans should not be sinning to that level right so if a person is committing a sin in excess as much as they're enjoying it as much as they are successful in it deep down when reality does strike they will feel bad about this they'll feel guilty about it they'll have issues with it they'll want to come out of it but it'll be very difficult to do so because the the roots of this sin over the many years or many months that person has been doing it have become very solidified on the other hand if a person then suddenly becomes inspired by a lecture a talk some incident in their life or something and then they want to become good and they then embark on uh, a lot of worship now a lot of worship is always a good thing but there are certain worships as told by the mashaykh uh, through experiences and so on that they have to be gradually implemented otherwise it's too much for the heart it's it's too much for the nafs when the nafs is used to doing something so much and then you try to cut it completely and you try to change it completely it's very difficult for the nafs most people won't get away with it some people may because then you need will power as well the human being is a very complex being and we have so many different factors so number 1 we have our heart and our spirituality we have our nafs and we have our desire then we have will power will power needs to work in tandem with our nafs the cravings of our nafs or the control of our nafs we're going to be on a spectrum when it comes to control or craving of our nafs the more degenerated a nafs becomes it becomes more craving the more in control our nafs becomes then it's we're more in control so that's our nafs and that's the spectrum between the nafs mutma'in uh, the, the the nafs lawama and the nafs uh, nafs uh, ammara ammara is the one that incites to evil and the other one is the one that incites to uh, that that uh, makes the person feel why are you doing this the censoring self that's the nafs when it comes to the heart as well there's a heart that has the doors opened up of the higher realms the ma'rifa they have certain levels of ma'rifa and there's another heart which doesn't 
another heart which hasn't recognized Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet. They believe in Allah. We're talking about believers here. So they have the basic belief. But the doors, the richness of this dimension has not been opened up for that person. So that heart is still a weak heart in terms of the Sharia. It still goes from here to there sometimes. It, it has goodwill. It wants to do good. But too much good may not be able, the heart will not be able to deal with it. So essentially, all of these things need to be trained. All of these things need to be trained. So when you talk about this nafs in this spectrum, the heart in this spectrum, what really helps with all of this, if we look at it purely from a human perspective, is then the willpower. How much willpower do we have? Of course, then there's the matter of tawfiq here. We can't use our willpower, etc. None of this will play out properly for us if there's no tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Divine guidance, divine providence, divine enablement. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides. Some people have very weak willpower. They need a lot more tawfiq. Everybody needs tawfiq. Everybody needs tawfiq. But what I'm saying is that for them to strengthen their willpower, something big has to happen. Because they have very weak willpower. They, they, they're like the wind. They're like a leaf in a wind. They go anywhere and everywhere that somebody takes them. They have no mind of their own. But many people even like that, sorry, many people even like that suddenly become, they become particular. Many people even like that, they become particular sometimes and they're able to strengthen themselves. Now, to get the heart right and to get the nafs in control, there's going to be a certain amount of willpower that's necessary. Now the fight is going to be between your willpower and between your nafs and between how receptive your heart is. So if the nafs has been used to a number of different things, going out so much, talking to a lot of people, right? And uh, enjoying yourself, eating out a lot, uh, uh, doing certain sins in abundance, you know, whether that be looking at haram, flirting around, seeing the haram, messing around, uh, smoking, this, that and the other. And then a person is starting to uh, try to change all of these things immediately. Can you see what kind of burden it's providing on his willpower and his nafs? Can you see the willpower? How much willpower does he have? How much the willpower is going to be strengthened by a number of things? The willpower has to be strengthened by a number, otherwise you lose your will. Because at the end of the day, the reason why until now they've been doing all of these things out of moderation. And when I say moderation, I say, okay, most people, they may, they may speak a bit here and there. They may enjoy themselves. But when you go beyond that and that's your enjoyment is to do everything under the sun out there, then you're out of moderation. Now, how much willpower do you think you need to curb that moderation, to deal with that moderation? So... Until now, we didn't have much willpower. That's why we were doing these things. Our willpower was used in the wrong way. So there is willpower there because you need willpower to go and do all of these things, but it was in the wrong sense. How much do you need to turn it around? So how do you increase your willpower against these things? That's the question. You have to have an incentive, don't you? Because then the nafs is a weird creature within us which likes to be fed. It loves to be fed. It consumes. Our nafs is the consumer part of us. Now, if we don't give the nafs something else to consume, then it's going to want to consume what it's used to consuming. 
And clearly we're speaking about somebody who's not on the moderate path here. So we're talking he's constantly consuming enjoyment and uh, the, the lust and desires and greed and you know all of these things. So he's going to have to give it something else. So until a person doesn't make the nafs attached to something else, something righteous and pious that becomes a desire, not a burden, not just a cure, but I want to take that on a hobby in a sense, then how can you increase your willpower? Do you understand? So the nafs has to be associated with something. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word nafs in many, many different ways. Bukhl comes from the nafs. Desire comes from the nafs. So these are our biggest issues, desire. So generally, if you get yourself attached to something as a mission in life, as a hobby, as an interest that is religious, if it's worship, alhamdulillah. But for most people to switch from complete sin to love of worship is way more difficult. Some people do it, but then there's perils in that way as well that need to be dealt with. But some people do it, do that, but most people find it very difficult. So then get involved with something that is religious, but not necessarily a 100% form of worship. For example, go and volunteer for something. So that your time that you spend active, now you're spending actively with something else, but it's a religious activity. Go and interact with the right group of people. Find some fun religious friends as opposed to other people. You get, you see, what Twitter has done is that it's opened up for the entire world how different people think. So you look through different people's profiles and you see the kind of stuff that they're discussing on there. And you understand and you go down. I mean, sometimes, you know, you just get caught up with one line and you think, what's going on here? And then you look down in that entire profile and what you notice is that they are tweeting and they are retweeting from others a very similar kind of category of tweets. So if it's all about a young person, girl or boy, looking you know, for their prospective love or whatever it is, or disobedience to parents is another one. For example, uh, one tweet I read was recently. I was just shocked because it's like if you... Um, my mom's been complaining about a headache all day because she hasn't had her tea. What a what what Indian BS is that, or what Pakistan Asian BS is that, right? You you can understand the context where that's coming from. She seems uh, she or he I can't even remember who it was cannot relate to this. So the poor mom is complaining, and if you if you're addicted to tea and you don't have tea, it does give you a headache. It can give you a headache, right? It's just caffeine issues right withdrawal symptoms it's a scientific thing it's not a psychological thing necessarily maybe some people will say it's a psychological thing but then to reduce it to this right um, oh I can't even remember but I was just reading and I thought subhanallah this gives you the understanding how people are living there and this is their perspective this is how they live their life and this is not the worst of it some people are saying um, my future love or whatever is probably having a good time relaxing and this is how I'd like them to be and all that kind of stuff this is just all provocative talk but the whole life is being spent these few years of theirs are being spent in this kind of discussion it gets something out of it what do you get out of it 
obviously you get something out of it, that's why you're doing this. And all their tweets and retweets are of people of that nature. It's almost like Al-Jinsu Yamilu Ila Jinsihi. People are being inclined to the same kind of people. How do you find other people who say the same thing? How do they find you? It's ajib. The Twitter is an ajib world with the algorithms that they use. Sometimes you tweet something and even a non-Muslim person who finds some wisdom in there will retweet it. How did he find out? So it really functions on what you've been tweeting and it adds things together and presents you know, likes to you that are similar to... So it, 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 it goes, it, you know, it's a big, uh, you can say, uh, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a big psychological experience, it's uh, experiment that's going on there. But what that teaches us is that this is just human faculty. This is the nafs. This is what we're used to. So a person needs to switch to a beneficial hobby. That's why what we've seen that the most successful people are generally those who have been involved in... And I know numerous of these people who are now... Some, some of them are even khulafa. You know? Some of them are even khulafa that they did not start off. You know, I, I was fortunate enough that I went to a madrasa right from the age of 11, 12. Because, you know, we had ulama in the family and, you know, and so on and so forth. It's not to say we never did anything bad, but, you know, we went into the whole field really early. But I know a number of my friends who only get it, got into it after the age of 20, 30. And they were not on the best of track. In fact, some were just about Muslim, some were not even Muslim. Even though they came from Pakistani culture. Or uh, Indian culture, or whatever it was. So, one thing I've seen very beneficial is that they take on a study which is the study of the deen. So what that does is that that replaces your free time, it gives you activity to do, it gives you focus in life, and it gives you an ambition and a goal. That inshallah I'll be considered an alim at least, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if I study the Quran, the sunnah. And then, the things, what increases willpower? Right? What increases willpower? What increases willpower is inspirational things we need inspiration to keep our willpower strong I've seen in many cases there's people who come uh, you know who come here right for a few weeks or whatever and they're s strong and then for some reason they had to miss because they went out or whatever and then after that it's much easier to miss and then the dhikr drops as well because when you don't get the weekly inspiration or the monthly inspiration or the regular inspiration of you know, of some kind of talk or some kind of uh, experience or anything of that nature, then your willpower gets lost. This is the human being until you get set in your ways. Once a person is set in their ways and they have a dhikr routine and they have a lifestyle to match, which is generally devoid of sin and mostly on piety, which has become their everyday norm, then it becomes easier. They won't progress if they don't get inspiration, but at least they will avoid a lot of the haram and they will be on a good lifestyle. And I think this is where we need to go first. That if we've had some weird lifestyles in terms of what we used to like to do and everything like that, let's try to curb as much of the big things as possible and get rid of them. Now, what happens then for some people is that they, they've tried very hard and now they want to cut everything away, which is a very good thought and an ambition and a goal. But the fact that we're human beings, we are going to falter once in a while. 
Now remember the other person I talked to you about, which is that the person who's jumped into worship full time. You know, they managed to avoid all of these things and they managed to make a complete turn and to worship all the time. Now their peril is that because their heart isn't prepared yet, they've got an enormous boost of willpower. That's how they've managed to just turn their life and now hate everything actively that they used to do and want to do everything good that they now want to do. So they've got a huge boost of willpower. But do they have the heart to carry them along? Do they have the heart to carry them along? Do they have enough control over their nafs to carry them along? So you see, the nafs is one of those weird things which, apparently, if you deprive it completely, it will rebel in the beginning. It will rebel. Now, because of your immense amount of boost uh, and boost of willpower, you're going to be able to control your nafs for maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, a month, ten months. You know, five months, seven months. Now, what is the cut-off period? There's a maturity period after which the nafs will now leave it. Because the nafs is a very greedy and a very cunning self. It will lie in wait. And until we're not able to bash it and break it completely, when I say completely, like, you know, mostly, it will come back. So... That's why if a person does too much and doesn't allow the nafs even a bit, then eventually they will break sometimes. Unless with the tawfiq, sometimes they have a massive experience where it doesn't, they don't change whatsoever. I've seen so many people like this, that non-Muslims become Muslim and they become better than Muslims in the first few months. And then after that, they started getting weaker, weaker, weaker. You know, you got all Because at the end of the day, there was a circle you had. There was a circle of friends that you had. So they're going to be and especially certain sins are very difficult to remove. Drinking is one of them. Drinking is one of them. Um, sexual related ones are very difficult unless you can find a halal way of doing it. Unfortunately, when you're talking about young people, most people, they're not married. So how do they stay clean without getting married and without re-involving themselves in haram? They were, they were used to so much haram in terms of sexual nature, for example, or drinking for some people very difficult and then if you haven't been able to cut away from the same kind of friends who talk about these things how do you do it then can you see all of these things here that's why you need a massive amount of tawfiq massive amount of tawfiq and you get tawfiq by asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're not talking about the miraculous individual that one who allah chooses for some reason and just gives him the tawfiq right we need to keep trying that's why the ulama mention, uh, Zarruq mentions this, I believe it's Zarruq who talks about how to avoid sin. That even after several years of a sin that you used to commit, don't think you're brave enough to avoid it and go into its environment. Don't, because it has a friend within you, which is the nafs. And this is the exact things that studies on uh, alcohol, uh, people, uh, on drunken people uh, who've come out of uh, addiction. It tells you the same thing. That even after five years, just the smell of beer or wine can cause a relapse. The cigarette. The worst time for smokers is that when they're go going, ten uh, they've given up smoking. But then there's a tension that happens. Uh, you know, they, they, they undergo some, some stress in their life. And then they realize what kind of... Uh, comfort they used to get through cigarettes at the time you see the reason they stopped it is because they know the harms the, the pleasures of cigarette are there that's why people smoke right the pleasures are there anyway right 
but their focus on the harms of cigarettes has gone beyond their love of its pleasure that's why they're able to stop enough over that that's why they're able to stop a lot of people who are smokers and addict uh, and addicts but and they know the harms they can't they, they the willpower has to be increased to such a degree about the harms and about what i want to do to be able to overcome its addiction but after five years i say the person went through some stressful times and i know people like this they'd given up had a stressful time and they started smoking again and now the second time they found it way more difficult to get rid of and that's why the ulama mentioned that if there's a sin that you're, you've been used to committing, one is you're not used to committing something, then there's already a massive taboo. The, 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 the natural fitrah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you is intact. The problem is when we corrupt that fitrah, when we break that veil of that fitrah, and we get used to doing it, then the nafs has got a friend, it's very easy. So that's why if a person goes past drink, uh, <coughs> in some time or whatever five years down the lane uh, the, 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 you know you might think it's just drink but the heart will remember its pleasures and if that's a moment of weakness because the insan goes through moments of weakness even if they become pious they go through moments of weakness then what so the main thing is to change our lifestyle to a religious lifestyle to take on something that will occupy our time if our problem is wasting time in futile things and certain sins we can't get rid of, then find what the correct measure is to is in that regard. <clears throat> if it's of a sexual nature, we need to get married. If it's wasting time, and sometimes it's all of these things, wasting time, let's get ourselves involved in something that is of benefit. And one of the best things you can get involved in is the pursuance of knowledge. The reason is that it's a pure dini thing. It provides inspiration on the way because you're learning new hadith and the Quran is opening up for you and the hadith is opening up for you. You know, much of these great things are open and that's a constant stream of, in, uh, of inspiration. You know, one is that you start doing relief work. Now, there's some inspiration in there. But, and, and other things. But the most effective thing is probably study. Because you're just going further and further and deeper and deeper and deeper and you're getting closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it provides a constant stream of inspiration that then keeps the willpower at its height and it occupies your time. Especially if you're in a, uh, 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 especially if, uh, and I don't say here, a self-study course. You'll fail in that unless, you're, unless you've got willpower for that. Remember it's a willpower issue. So if you, when you're not in a self-study course, but more in a, an, an organized, orchestrated uh, course designed and supervised, because then you've got somebody to answer. You've got a classroom situation where you have to be there and so on. So even that day when you don't feel like going there and you feel like, hey man, what have I taken on? You go, there's people encouraging you. You have good friends around you, hopefully good classmates, and then they're encouraging you. That's why it's very important to keep yourself occupied. You might think, I don't have any free time or whatever. Well, what's the point of life? If you're wasting your time and occupying your time with useless things, then yes, complain all, your, all, all you want. That I'm wasting my time, wasting my time, right? If you're spending all time at work making money, right? Yes, then complain if you're not doing anything for your akhirah. But if you're studying and doing something for your akhirah, then why complain? Alhamdulillah. And there are people, I, uh, you know, here we have the evening classes. In Bradford, the, their evening classes used to run from like 9 to 12. 
9 to 11, you know, like really late. And I know people who've gone through that for five, six years and done their Aryan course like that. It, I'm not encouraging everybody to do that one, you know, to, to do something like this. But do what you can do. And this is along with the daily work that they were doing. The normal, you know, 9 to 5 work or whatever it was that they were doing. So it's all a possibility. And the more I think about it, the more I realize that if you want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most effective way is this way that you also take on a study regimen you start becoming an alim or alima whatever it is and if you're already an alima or an alim for that matter right you need to continue with that you need to teach and be studying to teach not simple things but something that is challenging that you need to study so that study needs to continue the human being is all about knowledge. Why did the Sahaba increase so much? Why were they so steadfast as they were? They had a constant stream of knowledge. All this knowledge that we're studying, this is was being revealed at their time. So you think they were just like normal people? No, they were constantly. And you know that Umar radiallahu anhu, what he used to do, where he used to partner up with another Sahabi. One day he used to go so that Umar radiallahu anhu could go and do his work and earn his living and tend to his fields or whatever he had and the other one would go and listen and jot the notes down and then the other day it's the uh, he would go and the other person would go out today it's become much more easier everything is recorded and at your leisure you can listen to these things and as I mentioned uh, before as well y you can listen you can repeat you can the shaykh is at your disposal online you know on a recording forward him, double him, you know, double the speed, re, re, make him repeat himself. You can do as much as you want. Allah's made it so easy today. Allah's made it so easy today. If you can't start off with first, you know, a full-fledged alim course, then start off with some basic classes. But once a week, you need to take at least one class to start with. So that's how, inshallah, we'll uh, provide a constant stream of inspiration, of food, of nourishment, and of ghiza. This is the ghiza that we need, you know, which is the nourishment, of sustenance. And then, inshallah, the willpower will stay strong. Slowly, we've replaced the shahwa of the nafs with another desire, another motive in life, which is to study and do something well. So the nafs has to be given a motive. If you're a boring person that sits home and wastes their time all the time and you can't do something else, then it's going to be very difficult for you to avoid sin. Because your nafs is just lazy. Then how do you get out? You're going to have to get out and do other things. Because your nafs is not going to like to go and do something else. It just wants to laze around and just watch TV all day or online or haram or whatever it is. All day. And then some people are extremes. They do a lot of worship for a while and then after that they lose out. They slacken out. Then they go into sin and they completely go into sin. There's no moderation in their life. There's no moderation in their life. <coughs> One has to understand that look, we are going to make mistakes sometimes. That this should not make us despondent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just make tawbah and carry on. Mistakes happen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. May He give us balance in our life because that balance is extremely important. 
maybe he <clears throat> turn our desires <clears throat> into the things which are of benefit for us. اللهم أنت السلام وإنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين أو الله أو الله we are sinful servants أو الله however we are whoever we are أو الله we are your servants أو الله Guide us right. Oh Allah, forgive us our sins. Oh Allah, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our wrongdoings. Forgive us our excesses. Oh Allah, we've committed many excesses in our life. Oh Allah, we've committed many sins in our life. Oh Allah, we have many incorrect ideas. Oh Allah, oh Allah, sometimes we don't even know that we're thinking incorrectly about something. Oh Allah, show us the truth as the truth and allow us to follow it. O oh Allah, show us the wrong as the wrong and allow us to abstain from it. O oh Allah, grant us steadfastness. O oh Allah, grant us istiqama. Grant us steadfastness. Grant us istiqama. O oh Allah, make the best of. O oh Allah, make the, make the best of decrees for us. O oh Allah, make the best of decrees for us and allow us to be satisfied with your decrees. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we want to leave this life of sin and excess, and O oh Allah, to become yours. O oh Allah, to do everything in our life for you. O oh Allah, to do everything in our life for you. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, accept us. O oh Allah, accept us. O oh Allah, accept. O oh Allah, accept. O oh Allah, forgive us our sins. O oh Allah, forgive us our wrongdoings. O oh Allah, forgive us our wrongdoings. Allah, bless us. O oh Allah, bless us. O oh Allah, remove the difficulties in our life. O oh Allah, remove the difficulties in our life. Remove the difficulties in our life. O oh Allah, grant us connection to you. Grant us your love and the love of those who love you. O oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love benefits us in your in 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 your court. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us pious company. O oh Allah, grant us pious company. O oh Allah, endow us with uh, bestow us with beneficial knowledge. O oh Allah, keep us away from the wrong knowledge and from futility and from mundane activities. O oh Allah, allow us to be engaged engaged in your worship and in serving you at all times. O oh Allah, assist our brothers and sisters around the world. O oh Allah, assist our brothers and sisters around the world. O oh Allah, help us, help them. O oh Allah, and you help us. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us afia. You grant us afia. You grant us afia. And you allow us to do the right things in this life and make our hearts the way you want them to be. O oh Allah, grant us your mercy. Grant us your mercy. O oh Allah, this path that you have put us on, you granted us Islam, you've granted us Iman, you've granted us a concern. Oh Allah, you've granted us a concern. That's a great ni'mah of yours. Oh Allah, for this we thank you. But oh Allah, we ask you for much more. Oh Allah, we ask you for much more. Oh Allah, we ask you for much more. You have given us the tawfiq to do this dhikr and to remember you, even though it's only a small amount and we're supposed to be worshipping you. Oh Allah, we thank you for this. Oh Allah. We thank you for this. Our mouths have become tired, our teeth have our teeth are broken by eating so much of your bounties and your ni'mah. But oh Allah, our tongues do not make enough of your shukr. Oh Allah, we don't make enough of your shukr. Oh Allah, when we look around us and look at other people and how they're suffering and how they're deprived, oh Allah, we got so much to thank you for. We got so much to thank you for. We got so much to thank you for. Oh Allah, make us of your Shakirin, O oh Allah, make us of your Shakirin, of those who are grateful to you. O oh Allah, make us eternally grateful to you. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, grant us this afiyah, grant us this afiyah. 
Oh Allah, assist us and help us. Oh Allah, assist us and help us. Oh Allah, help us. Oh Allah, assist us. Grant us the kalima, La ilaha illallah on our deathbed. Oh Allah, don't let us see a bad day in our life. Oh Allah, with our iman. Oh Allah, and especially on our deathbed, grant us the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Oh Allah, protect the iman of our iman and the iman of our 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 family, our loved ones, our close ones, and the entire Muslim ummah. Oh Allah, all these people who are refugees who are coming. Oh Allah, strengthen their iman, protect their iman, maintain their iman. Oh Allah, make them a source of blessing for Europe. Oh Allah, make them a source of blessing for Europe. Oh Allah, make them a source of blessing for us. Oh Allah, make them a source of blessing for all of us and make that a cause of your mercy to descend upon us. Oh Allah, assist us and help us. Oh Allah, assist us and help us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.